Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, team, for leading us this morning. Isn't it good to just be together, to recenter our thoughts, our hearts, our minds, all that we are, back on who Jesus is, all that he's done for us. He's the one that centers us, stabilizes us, and then ultimately leads us. And that's what we want to talk about this weekend. In the, throughout the Gospels, in fact, 13 different times, Jesus uttered this phrase, follow me. It was an invitation. 13 times in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're the record of Jesus' life when he walked upon this earth. And Jesus consistently gave this invitation. And he gave this invitation to everybody. Uh, I mean, everybody and anybody, regardless of who they were, where they had been, what they were known for, their shady track record. Jesus just says to everybody, come follow me. For some, that means just kind of checking Jesus out and exploring faith. And maybe you're here this weekend and that's you. Maybe you haven't decided to follow him with everything you are, but you're like, I'm, I'm lingering here. I'm, I'm back in the pack, but I'm, I'm watching. I'm listening. I'm, I'm checking things out to, to know if this is true and what this means for my life. And Jesus gave that invitation throughout the scriptures, and he gives it to us. And for those that come to a place of saying, man, I, I've followed Jesus. I've been kind of around him. I've, I've started to search out his word, or somebody helped me come to know who Jesus really is and all that he's done, some of us in this room, we've decided to truly follow, to, to put our faith into Jesus as our own Savior, Lord, the, the leader of our life. And for those that follow Jesus in belief, we're called disciples. And the word disciple simply means a learner or a student. And so what is the goal of being a disciple? When it comes to our master, our leader Jesus, it means to become more and more like him. In fact, in the in the gospels, Luke chapter 6 verse 40, it says the students are not greater than their teacher, but a student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Isn't it true that the people that we hang around with the most, the people that influence our lives, the greatest deal, we start to reflect them, whether that's our parents and we start to, you know, I start to do things like my dad does. I start to say things the way that my mom does. Why? Because they were one of my teachers, right? Influencing my life in a significant way. And when it comes to becoming more and more like Jesus, the only way that that will happen is by spending time with Jesus as the teacher, as the leader of our lives, and his invitation is to come and to follow. Here at the chapel, our mission is to help people take one step closer to God and each other through Christ. And this weekend, we want to help us take some next steps to becoming more like Christ. And that impacts every part of our life. It means becoming like Jesus in how we think. It means becoming more like Jesus in how we speak and how we act and how we pray in how we spend our time, in, in how we work, in how we spend or give our resources, even in how we vote, in how we engage in culture, in how we live out of our singleness, if that's our stage of life, how we parent, 
how we treat our spouse, how we forgive others. The question is, am I looking more and more like Jesus in all of these areas? The answer is probably no. And if all of us in this room, we were honest, we'd probably say, well, I'm doing, yeah, pretty good with the, the, the work thing and, uh, um, you know, parenting. Oh, we're, I feel like we, we've shepherded our kids the right direction, but, ooh, how to, how to forgive others? Yeah, no, that, yeah, I'm not there yet. That's hard. Or, or, or maybe it's like, man, the way we spend our time, I, we just find ourselves running to the next thing. And we haven't prioritized the things maybe that are the most important. Or maybe it's how I speak. I'm like, man, you know, I, I just find myself caving to the way all the other guys talk on the work site. Or, oh, I just join into the gossip in the, in the workroom with all the girls. Whatever it is. What that says is that we all have next steps to take. To becoming more and more like Jesus. And what matters is, are we moving in the right direction? So we want to help all of us take some very clear next steps. And here at the chapel, we call it the row, the circle, the chair, and go. What we believe is that these are four key environments that if we place ourselves within them, we have a greater chance of growing to becoming more and more like Jesus. So today I want to briefly, and for some of us that have been around our church a long time, this is review. But I guarantee you, none of us are living it out perfectly, and, and all of us can take a next step. For some of us, this is like, what, what are you talking about? Rose, circle, chair? What, what is this? Well, we're going we're gonna to explain that. And then we're going to give you some simple, clear next steps to take. And I'm, I'm praying that every single one of us today will take some sort of significant spiritual next step to deepen your faith, and to become more like Jesus, no matter where you're at in the journey. So let's start with the first environment, the environment of the row. Actually, the row is where you're sitting right now. You're in rows, right? Um, Weekend worship is a row kind of environment. It's any place where someone is teaching or we're worshiping together and we're in a large group but we're seated in rows. We aren't really here to necessarily interact with each other, although I like you, and, and like you say hi to each other, and we greet each other. But the primary purpose of weekend worship is upward. It's to connect with God and to connect to his word. And so someone will lead us, like Jeremy, in worship and the team, and it helps us to engage and connect. And someone will open God's word and will share from the truth so that God can begin to work in our lives and make us more like Jesus. That's the environment of the row. And Jesus, when he walked this earth, he modeled every single one of these four key environments. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 31. It says, And then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and he taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Jesus entered into the culture of the day, and he went to the synagogue, which was like the epicenter of the Jewish faith, and Jesus would teach. He would share truth, and people would be in the row. They'd be listening. They'd be learning. They'd be trying to understand and then figure out how this applied to their life. And Jesus' teaching stuck out to the people of that day. 
It says, there too, the people were amazed at Jesus' teaching, for he spoke with authority. There was an authenticity about his life, and there was authority about his life, and the words that he would say, and it rang true in their hearts. It resonated. And people left those gatherings saying, something has to change. I want to be more like Jesus. That's the environment of the row. It didn't just happen in the synagogue. (laughs) Look at Luke 5. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching, but this time he's not in a church building, he's not in a synagogue, he's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And it says, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God, and he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them there, and they were washing their nets. And it says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. Now, they weren't sitting in church pews. They weren't sitting in cushy chairs in a row like we are. But the environment was still the same. Jesus was teaching and sharing. People were gathered around, and they were listening and learning. This is the environment of the road. We take this seriously at the chapel. It's why we gather every weekend. And I want to give, I want to give us a challenge. I mean, I really don't need to give this challenge to you because you're here. You're sold. You're coming. Although, isn't it crazy how busy life gets, how things get? Some of you are like, yeah, but I haven't been here a couple weeks. Or, oh, man, things have been crazy. Or COVID happened, and we just got out of the pattern. All those things. And I just want to challenge you, along with Pastor Charles, as, as one of your pastors, to continue to make the row a priority in your life. This isn't legalism. Nobody's, I mean, I don't know, maybe Charles, he, he's probably checking you off. Like, oh, she, oh, where's she been, you know? No, no, he doesn't. We don't, we can't keep track of everybody. This isn't a legalistic thing saying, well, you better be at church or God's going to be mad at you. No, it's not that. It's out of our heart for your spiritual nourishment and growth. And the row is a primary place where we grow to become more like Jesus. It's like a, you know, a plant. Um, you can grow plants out in the wild, and they will grow. But then, you know, depending on the elements, if, if there's no rain, man, things, things start to wilt. If there's too much heat, things start to wilt. If, if there's too much wind, things can be destroyed. I look at these four environments, the row circle chair, go like, like a greenhouse. It's just a controlled environment that gives the plant the greatest possibility of growing and growing the most and being prepared for what's next. And that's the environment of the row. So here's what we want to do. Uh, during this service, we want to give you some practical next steps. And so here, when you came in, hopefully, did everybody get a card like this? Go ahead and pull that out, will you? And if you didn't, uh, just raise a hand and one of our team members will bring a card by. And on this, on this card, it says next steps, and it's got each of the four environments. And there's a little QR code. So now I'm going to really stretch you. Pull out your phone. Yes, I said it. Pull out your phone. Okay? You don't, I mean, keep it on silent. Uh, we don't know about all your, need to know about all your text notifications. But pull out your phone. Put your camera app on. And then if you just hold it up in front of that QR code, you're going to get a little notification. Tap on that notification. It's going to take you straight to our chapel website to the next steps tab. Okay? 
What you're going to see, this is brand new. Our team has worked so hard on this because we want to make it simpler and easier than ever before for you to take next steps in your own faith journey. And if you go, go you'll see the first category, it says row. It's in, in kind of turquoise blue. You'll see our service times there. You'll see serving opportunities. You see, getting involved in the row experience, yes, it's about attending, but it's about more than that. It's also about, about engaging and giving to what we're gaining from. And, and so you'll see the, the ways that you can give and get involved in investing and, and, and sharing some of your resources with the church so that we as a church can continue to help you and help others and reach our community and our world. Giving is such a, a great way to invest in what God is doing. And it grows our faith when we give. It stretches us when we sacrifice and when we unselfishly give of some of what we could have kept for ourselves to invest in God's work. But then probably one of the biggest things about the, the row is not just coming and attending and what you'll see, but it's giving back. It's serving. And what you'll see on that website is a way for you to get involved in serving. There's a spiritual gifts inventory that you can take. Maybe you're like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing or, or, or uh, what my gifts and abilities are and how God could use me. Maybe that's your next step. Fill out, click on it, fill out the survey, and then you can email it uh, to our team through the email link right there, and then somebody will reach out to you. Or, or you're like, hey, I, I don't know. I just don't even know. I just need somebody to help, to help. Help, tell me where I could get involved. Click on the talk to a pastor. Charles, will shoot, you shoot an email to say, I need to talk to Charles about serving. I need to figure it out. Charles will reach out to you over the next couple of weeks and just hear from you and, and try to share some of the opportunities that are out there. Uh, also, you can sign up to do a first serve. So you just sign up to serve. Pick your campus. And this is not going to lock you in forever. This is like saying, I just want to try something out. And you click on your campus, Norwalk. Then all kinds of options are going to come up. Fill out your, your contact info. And then all kinds of great ways that you can get involved in serving. Kids ministry, working in our uh, uh, grounds crew, helping uh, with a lawn or cleaning up landscape or serving on the security team or making coffee or serving behind the scenes in our tech booth or serving kids in our kids ministry or working with students all right, in middle school or high school, hosting something, writing cards. There's so many. Listen, one of the misnomers here at the chapel is you come in and every week and it seems like we've got it together, doesn't it? Like, I mean, man, the coffee's made. I mean, the lights are on. Uh, there's music playing. There's greeters at the door. They got somebody to watch my kids. Man, man, I mean, heck, they don't need me. They've got it all covered. But what you don't know is about our kids' ministry workers that on Saturday night, they've had five people call off, and they're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get it covered? we we got to be ready for our church family. What you don't know about is, is somebody uh, that, that, that uh, is going through cancer, and so they had to step off of the greeting team, and there's a spot, and there's somebody that needs to be there to welcome somebody that's walking through those doors. There are opportunities that are ready and handcrafted that only you can fill. 
And I want to challenge you to take a next step today in the row by serving. All right? All right, secondly, the next environment, next environment is what we call the circle. The circle just represents a small group. And there's so much that can happen in the circle that will never happen in the row. I mean, I love what we get to be a part of here on the weekends and worshiping together and hearing Pastor Charles teach or sitting under Pastor Jay and being challenged by God's word. But there's something that happens in a small group that can't happen in this setting. In a group, we, we start sharing life with each other. In a group, we aren't just listening and learning from one person. It's a two-way street of communication, of sharing life, and we start learning from one another. And then we start living out the one another's that are listed in the scriptures of loving each other and praying for each other and serving one another and challenging each other. The row is powerful, but the circle is unreplaceable. And we want to challenge every single one of you, if you're not involved in a small group, I I mean, I hope that this week, Brittany Thorne and Pastor Ryan, who helped coordinate our small group, I hope they're like overwhelmed and freaking out. I hope they're coming to me and be like, Todd, I have no idea what we're going to do. There are so many people that want to be in part of a group. Because that would mean that several people took a next step for the first time in their life to say, you know what, I got to get beyond just Sunday. And I got to start engaging with others in my faith. Jesus modeled this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, One day soon after, after, Jesus went up on a mountain and he prayed. And he prayed to God all night. This kind of sounds like the chair. We'll talk about this in a moment. So Jesus had this personal one-on-one time with his father. But what was he specifically praying about? He was asking God who he should choose to be in his circle. And at verse 13, it says, And at daybreak, he called together all of his disciples, and out of them, he chose 12 of them to be apostles. Simon and uh, Andrew and all the rest. And, and, And Jesus then took the next three years and created a small group, a small group of 12. And they they, they lived together, they traveled together, they ministered together, they, they prayed for each other, they blew it with each other, they forgave each other, they wrestled through life together. This is the power, you guys, of the circle, and every single one of us needs a circle. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to jump back on your phone. I want you to use the QR code. Just go back to that website and, and look for some of the opportunities there's a groups page. Uh, you'll just click the link. And you'll just be sending a simple email or filling out a quick survey. And then this week, someone will reach out to you. You're not committing to this for life. You're just saying, you know what? I've never tried a group. Or, man, I was in a group a few years ago. Life got busy, and it was too much. But, but I, don't, I, I need to connect with some others. Listen, if you come in here and you feel alone or you feel like nobody knows you, the, the circle can do something that the row never will. And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to take a next step. Get involved in a group. We've got all kinds of incredible groups. By the way, we've got some awesome classes. 
And classes kind of function like a row slash group. It just depends. Maybe you're sitting in a circle and you get to interact with others in the class, um, but you're learning from a teacher. Uh, just Thursday night, Charles offered a membership class here. Well over, like almost 30 people participated. And across campuses, over 80 people involved taking their next steps closer to God, closer to each other. And there's a classes flyer out in the atrium. You can find out about upcoming classes or you can get involved in a group where you can grow in your faith. Just, just show interest. And Brittany Thorne from our team, she'll reach out to you and say, all right, what are you looking for? And, hey, let me tell you what groups are open right now, where you can get plugged in. There's men's fraternity. It just kicked off right here at this campus um, this week, and it's going to continue. There's women's gathering place. There's a renewed for women there's, there's guys' groups. There's women's groups. Our high school students are trying to get into small groups. There's young adult groups at each campus that you could plug into if you're a young adult. There's a fellowship and friendship groups. There's a great group called the Close-Knit Group. It meets right here at this campus. You know what they do? It's ladies. They, they just love knitting. And they just get together and they sit in a circle. And instead of uh, just knitting, they, they pray and they, they create little hats for newborn babies, and they create little blankets to share with people that are going through cancer. You know what's so cool? There's a, a woman uh, from this campus, 40 years old, lost her husband, widowed at 40, needed a place to connect, started going to the close-knit group. She was in the midst of having to move, and you know who helped her? Her small group. They showed up. They helped her move. They made food. They helped her get settled in. Because that's what happens in the power of a circle. So the row is an incredibly important environment, but the circle can do what the row cannot. But then comes the third environment. We call it the chair. The chair just represents your personal one-on-one -on -one time with God. It might be a chair. I mean, some of us have a favorite chair uh, that we like to sit in in the morning or late at night just to look at God's word or follow a devotional on an app or, or, or to pray. But for some, it doesn't look like a chair at all. For some, your chair is, is the treadmill. And, and you just love running or walking in the morning and you, and you just pray and connect with God. For some of you, your chair looks more like the driver's seat of your car and it's your morning commute and you listen to worship or you listen to a podcast that uh, challenges your faith. Whatever it is, the, the important thing is, is that day by day, we are taking one-on-one -on -one time to connect with God and his word through prayer. And Jesus modeled this. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, But Jesus often, catch that, often, often withdrew to the wilderness. Why? To pray. One, one podcast uh, uh, said, said this uh, recently. They said, If Jesus, who is the Son of God, needed to get away to be with his heavenly Father, how much more do we need to do this? Right? If Jesus needed quiet time with his father, how much more do you and I need that? Dallas Willard says, says it this way. He says, hurry is the frantic state of effort that one falls into in response to inadequacy, fear, and guilt. We just saying, Jesus, Jesus, silence fears. 
There's something that happens when we come into the presence of God and he stabilizes us and he recenters us. And we need that not just on Sundays. We need that every day. And that's what happens in the environment of the chair. So I put the resources together for this, so you better be looking at it, all right? Worked hard. Uh, there are some awesome chairs. If you're like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start reading the Bible. Or I don't know, you know, what should I use on a daily basis? It's all there for you. Just click on the link. Go to chair. You're going to see some awesome resources. Maybe you're like, okay, I'm not super, you know, I'm not into these apps and podcasts and all this stuff. You're like, can, some, can I just get an email? Sign up for our Beyond the Weekend email. It comes out two times a week. It gives a, devo- a brief devotion that's based off of the weekend sermon. Or sign up for Scripture Union. You'll see it there. It's called The Encounter. All you do is go to their website, you give them your email address, and every day they will send you an email. So all you have to do is check your email in the morning. Click on it, boom. Takes you right to God's Word. Uh, it, it gives prayers to read, to think about, things to meditate upon. Or one of the ones that I've been using most lately is called Lectio 365. Lectio 365. It's there in the resources page. And by the way, all these resources, like if you're like, okay, I'm not really super savvy on my phone or, you know, and you today after the service, you can just go out and there's tables in the atrium for the row, circle, chair, and go. There will be somebody there. They can answer your questions. If, if, you, if you can't find it on your phone and you, you just like, can I just, can I get a hard copy, please? Like old school, they're out there, okay? We want to help everybody take their next step. But there are some incredible resources to, for your own chair time with God. There's one called gotquestions.org. It's also an app. If you've never gone there, it is a phenomenal. Charles and I, we use it all the time. You've got questions about God, the Bible. You came across a verse, like, what does that mean? Or you were like, well, what, is, what do the scriptures teach on this? You can plug in almost any question, and you will find solid biblical answers with the Bible references right there that you can click with your mouse, and you can look at what the scriptures say about that particular topic. I'm telling you, be careful because if you go to that website, you will, you will, it'll be hours later, and you'll be like, I just kept going, and it was just so interesting, and, and I saw that question, and then, then it made me think, oh, what about that? And then I clicked on this one, and, but you'll be growing deeper in your faith. That's the environment of the chair. So one more. Go. Row, circle, chair, go. Go really is taking everything that we learn in the row and in the circle and in our chair time and putting it into action. It's faith in action. It's going. It's doing. It's being because of what God is doing in us. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said these words. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, Jesus said, so I am sending you. Now, Jesus was speaking originally in this text to his followers of that day. But today, many of us in this room, we are his followers. We've chosen to follow him, said yes to Jesus and put our faith in him. And Jesus is saying, just as his father sent him into the world to die on the cross and teach people and perform miracles and do amazing things and reach people, 
So Jesus says, I'm sending you to go into the world and to do amazing things in my name, to share truth with people, to love people the way that Jesus loves people, to help other people move one step closer to God and each other through Christ. Jesus has commissioned us to go. I love what Acts 1.8 says. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And then he describes everywhere, the everywhere at least of that day. He said in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and in Samaria. And then he says, and to the ends of the earth. And those are unfamiliar territories for us. Like, okay, what's that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means because it's what it meant to them. Jerusalem just represented the place where they were at the time when Jesus said this. When he said, you're going to receive power and you're going to go be my witness. You're going to represent me. You're going to impact other people's lives. You're going to share truth and grace with others. And you're going to do that in Jerusalem, like right in your own hometown, in your neighborhood. This is the people that we work with, the people that we go to school with, the, the people in our family, the, our, our literal neighbors who sometimes we don't even know their names and they live right across the way. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending you to them. And Judea just represented the broader community. You know what I love is, is a, you know, as a church, several years ago, we saw that there were people that lived in Norwalk that were driving all the way to Sandusky to come to church. And we said, man, wouldn't it be better if we could just be a church right there in Norwalk, for Norwalk? And the Norwalk campus was born. And now hundreds and hundreds of people gather here every weekend. But listen, the point isn't just for us to gather in the row or get in our circles or have our chair time with God. The point is for us to come here to be equipped to then go out there to our community. You know, it's so cool. This past week on Tuesday, the chapel celebrated 35 years of God's faithfulness. 35 years. And God has done so. Thank you. Yes, that's awesome. Hey, we can, we can clap for that because it's, it's been God's work from the very beginning. Many of you in this room, your life has been impacted or perhaps radically, eternally changed because of the ministry of the chapel, because Jesus connected to you in this place or through someone that calls the chapel home. So we're celebrating 35 years. And instead of, you know, usually you have a birthday, well, you're supposed to get gifts, right? But no, no, not us. On our 35th, what we want to do instead of getting gifts is we want to be a gift to our community. And so in honor of our 35th anniversary, on November 20th and 21st weekend, we're going to do something that we've, we've done before. It's been quite a few years. It's called The Church Has Left the Building. If you come to church that weekend, the lights will be out. Nobody will be here. Why? Because we aren't having church. We're not coming to a church building. We're going to be the church, and we're going to go out into the community, and we're going to serve. We're going to serve in small groups and in ministries and in the parks, and we're going to find opportunities. We're going to challenge every one of us that calls the chapel home to find some way to serve other people in the name of Jesus and in honor of our awesome church that we get to be part of. So I want you to look forward to that. In fact, on our resources page, you'll see more incredible opportunities. And part of going, part of going is moving beyond the community. Yeah, there's Joe. 
He's looking all tough. And this is Joe and the team that recently uh, went to Mexico. Part of going is going to the uttermost parts of the world. Let me just read a couple stories as we close our services together. This is from Johnny Salas, one of our team leaders. He says, God touched my heart from the beginning. He provided everything necessary, such as financial support, health for me and my family, and the most important was my spiritual preparation. He said, from day one, the struggles began. In every way, God prepared each member of our team through training. For me, he says, missions like this are so important. Listen to this. Johnny attends our church here at the Norwalk campus. He says, I grew up in Ecuador, but more than 20 years ago, a group of missionaries came to Ecuador, and they shared the gospel with my family and me. And today, Johnny says, I'm a part of this church with the same mission, and now I'm getting to go and tell other people about Jesus. How cool is that? This is, uh, this is what Rory, uh, this is Pastor Charles' daughter, his youngest daughter, Rory, said. She got to go on to Mexico on mission. She says, one of the main things our mission team and I did was hold multiple gatherings for children to learn the Bible message, like vacation Bible school. She says, it was kind of comical watching the little kids hit the pinata with such strength. She says, on a few days, we traveled to hospitals to pray for people and to give food. It was incredible to see how God was working in the hospitals and giving people hope. She writes, I definitely grew closer to God during that week. Because of, the, because of the, the, that mission team morning devotions, this mission has taught me that I don't need the internet to survive. I don't need it to connect with others. This mission was truly awesome, and I'm definitely going back. There's so many stories of people's lives. Listen, they went to go to make an impact on other people's lives, and in doing so, their life was impacted. Listen, friends, you can never go wrong by going and serving Jesus. It will impact others. It will impact you. Row, circle, chair, go. Our mission here at the chapel, we say it every weekend, it's to help people move one step closer to God and each other through Christ. And our deepest prayer is that this weekend, every single one of you will take a next step in the row. Maybe giving, maybe it's, maybe it's committing to check out a first serve and serve. That every one of us will take a step towards a circle to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm going to check out that men's fraternity, or you know what, I need to jo join that ladies' group, or man, I want to be a part of that close-knit thing. That every single one of us would take a step to say, you know what, I need to deepen my own walk with God. And I need to stop depending just on Sundays to get me through the week. I need to start diving into God's Word on a daily basis for me. And so I'm going to download an app, or I'm going to get that email that Todd was talking about, and so that I can spend time with God on a daily basis and our hope and goal is that every single one of us here today would take a next step in going in our community, in our neighborhood, perhaps on mission to someplace else in the world. And that God would use these environments to help us become more like Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your great faithfulness. I pray that you will help give us courage to take a next step today. God, thank you that you love us and you're with us and you long to make us more and more like you. We pray to that end in Christ's name.
Amen. Hey, just a reminder as you go, tables are out there. Next week, we kick off a powerful series in the book of Ephesians. And the whole month of October, we're calling Orange-tober. So come find out what Orange-tober is. It's not about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we're going to learn what it means to impact the next generation together. So have a great rest of your weekend.